Support for the show comes from Atlassian. With a new story about AI coming out seemingly every day, it can be hard to know what it all means for you and your job. Atlassian thinks there's a lot to be excited about in the AI-powered future. Even right now, Atlassian's AI-powered software can help you boost productivity by eliminating menial tasks, generating insights, and helping you find information about projects, policies, and processes. No matter if you're a team of two or two million, or if you're around the corner or on another continent, Atlassian software keeps everyone connected and moving together as one towards shared goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Support for the show comes from Mercury. There's an art to making the complex feel simple. Everything should be in sync, so even the smallest part serves a bigger purpose. Simplicity can transform your business operations. That's why Mercury powers your financial workflows from the bank account so ambitious companies have the precision control and focus they need to perform at their best. Apply in minutes at mercury.com. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher, and guess who actually came back? And I'm Katie Couric. <laughs> you wish. She Kara, was so good. Wasn't she good? Kara, Kara, yeah, I don't you... want the... I'm not interested in talking about Katie Couric. And, <laughs> and not only that, I don't even want to make a big deal about this because I, I don't like to be the story. For me, it's all about <laughs> no. the content. So let's uh-huh. just get... Let's just bust right... Let's not make a big deal okay. out of this. All right. Let's not. Let's, let's just not. Let's bust just move into in. today's Okay. All right. Sounds good. News. All right. Go ahead. Go for it. Just kidding. DJ Ernie, play that shit. <laughs> Oh, no. Is it a daytime talk show host? Is it someone sleeping with Kellyanne Conway? Is it the host of MSNBC? Is it the future governor of New York? No! It's an angry, dysfunctional man with erectile dysfunction, but it's your angry man with erectile dysfunction. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, it's the dog! Oh, uh, you're welcome. God. You're welcome. Oh, to my dozens God. and dozens of fans. It was such a nice August. Hello. Hello. I have returned. Oh, I, I'm, I'm nervous. To oh ask my God. Your time yeah, away. I, I, so you I got us. literally the scripts you, of all the all the stuff. Your time away. What did you do? What did you do? What were you doing? How was my summer yeah. vacation? How was my summer vacation? Yeah, you forgot George um, Hahn, by the way. You forgot to add George Hahn into that list of people. My you know? lover, my yes, delicious lover. Yes, um, yes, that was a ball So, I love George Hahn. Yeah, uh, by clearly. the way, you guys made me, made me almost cry. You said very nice things about me. Anyways, yeah. I'm going to get emotional. So, uh, my summer vacation, I went yeah, to- Yeah, let's hear about it. I went to Ibiza because I'm in love with someone who is playing chicken with a Delta variant. So mm-hmm. we just went there and then I freaked out and stayed in the hotel for a week. Uh-huh. But I had a really good time. I went to this really hot club. Yeah. And I went into the men's room and this very nice gentleman offered me something called Fanta Naranja, which I later found out was Molly. And guess what? Oh. I found out about Molly. When I take, take it, it, yeah, Kara, I yeah. like me. I like <laughs> me on Molly. Listen to me. How was your time away? We did miss. Did you, you see White Lotus? By the way, no, I didn't. I watched the other one. Oh, the, uh, it's the, with, with Nicole Kin. I don't want to watch it, people. No, 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 no. That one, Nine Perfect Strangers, is awful. I love it. Awful. I love it. You're wrong. You were wrong, oh, no, Melissa Lotus, McCarthy and Bobby Bartlett. Kern. 
I, I would I would you objectify, are Armand. You are Armand. I would I would objectify. Uh, uh, I think her name is Alexa Daddario. I think she's the most mm-hmm. beautiful. She is person beautiful. in the world, and she's, she's also a very. She's also. I was shocked she's what a good actress, actress she is. Yeah. And but that guy Murray Bartlett, you know, yeah. he was a daytime uh, soap actor, and mm-hmm. he is wonderful. Really. And okay. I just want to put it out there: if he's yeah. ever in New York and wants to roll with a dog, I would love to roll. All right, Murray Bartlett. With that guy. Let's I, that guy. Him. That guy is a gift. He what did you do wonder- on your you vacation? Watch are you going to say what you actually did? What did you do? People want to know. People were asking I me. All a... the- I literally this morning I was taking Claire to school. It's her first week of school, and I was this guy jogged past me. He stopped. He took out his ear uh, earphones, and he's a government employee. And I'm not going to identify his agency, but it's it's an important one to tech. And he's like, "Where's Scott?" And I was like, "Okay, that's right." Uh, that's I said, right. "I'm going to do a podcast with him right now." So. Uh, and then I went and I spent three weeks on a sandbar in the Atlantic called Nantucket. I'm, I've, oh, I've decided to really right. lean into my white privilege. Wow. And so anyways, I was in Nantucket and I like to write when I take mm-hmm. time off. So, so I, did I wrote, you write a book? Um, uh, I wrote uh, I wrote most of one. Yeah. But I'm trying to You're figure out if it's going to be a book or if I'm going to turn it into. What's it uh, called? Like my Time with Kara? My Deep Love. Uh, the Algebra of Wealth. I'm trying to oh. figure out a way to help young people establish financial security. Why don't you make it the Calculus of Wealth? Why don't you go. change the math? The geometry. The geometry. You know, it's never good enough for you. It isn't. It's it isn't. never good but enough. But did you miss you. the show? I think you missed the show. You were tweeting and everything else. You were very aware of yeah. my 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 other relationships while you were away. Yeah, and I missed you. Yeah. Well, tell did me you, who to, uh, rank who did the you hosts like? for me. Who did you like? Did I, I like, like them all. I like them all. I thought they were great. Um, show uh, for we'll different have reasons. So we like, will know which ones did better than the others. I'm biased. I have a real affection for uh, Stephanie Rule and Andrew Ross Sorkin. I would consider them both mm-hmm. friends. Um, mm-hmm. I really thought um, uh, the, the learning for me was with George Conway and mm-hmm. Katie Couric because I think that you know stereotypes are so dangerous. I think I have a cartoon of what both those people should be like. Yeah. And I think George Conway is a great legal mind. I really enjoyed listening to him. And mm-hmm. I think Katie Couric is much more substantive than I think I wanted to think See? she was because my impression Thank of you. her was just a daytime yep. She's not talk show host. Pigeon-hoed. I just she don't said, know I'm her very Katie well. Kirk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She uh, and I enjoyed listening to her curse. Um, mm-hmm. That was enjoyable. I thought she was really interesting. Uh, I love George Hahn. I just have mm-hmm. a, I think he's got a great voice. Great. I think that he, was a real he could be. Show. I think he mind. could be a, uh, a successful podcaster if he put his mind to it. I just like the way he yeah. thinks. Yeah. I love he's both handsome and has a handsome voice. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else did you have Preet, on? your boyfriend. And bar- oh, bar- yeah, look, next governor of New York, every time he talks, you just feel safer. Yeah, we'll like, know the that, You just want York, that guy yeah. to raise you, right? You just yeah. like everything's going to be all right when you we'll go We'll go visit him voice. in Albany, won't we? we kind of try yeah. to make a controversy up there for him. There Stuff like go. that. Um, anyway, what, yeah. most of all, we missed you. We really did. Thank we you. did. We held our numbers, apparently. Well, hold but on. No. Which which one did you enjoy the most? I, I mean, liked them all. Go out on I thought they here. were all. No, no come I on. No, uh, come on. The, no, all of them. I'm Who telling you. Up? I thought they Who were Who shocked all... you to the upside? I liked them all. I'm telling you. I liked mm-hmm. them all. Obviously, George Hahn was fun because it was super gay. So I liked yep. enjoyed that a lot. And I thought Katie was great, too. that was super gay? I didn't think that was super It was super profane. It wasn't There was a lot of gay in there. You didn't understand it, but it was super gay. Yeah. It's real over my that head. was comfy. Yeah, it's over, over your... my head. We've got a couple of topics for banter today. So starting with the first one, United Airlines is something we talked about while we were away. I did an interview on Sway, the head United. of one of the big announced? airlines, American Airlines, yeah. who is not vaccinating its employees and requiring vaccinations. But United says more than half of its unvaccinated employees had gotten their COVID shots since the airline yeah. made vaccines mandatory. They've got just two weeks, I guess, till September 27th to get those 
COVID vaccines. So what do you think? What do you think about this, Scott? While you were away, you were saying you were worried about the Delta variant, et cetera, while you were traveling. Well, we did say about eight weeks ago uh, mm-hmm. that well, one of our predictions was that vaccine mandates in the corporate world were, were coming. Mm-hmm. And people said, I can't do that. It's illegal. It's absolutely happening. And unfortunately, everyone's mad at these mentally ill people showing up at school board meetings. And I yeah. understand that. Everyone's yeah. mad at uh, Facebook uh, and other media companies for spreading misinformation. People are out of, mad at podcast hosts who've been dewormed. But the thing that trumps all of them, mm-hmm. and, and this just so I'm an equal opportunity hater here, mm-hmm. I think Biden's shown a tremendous lack of leadership. Oh. We need to ask Americans, the government is here to be our connective tissue. And the government uh, embraces something called science, and they have resources. So how, and wait, wait decided, a minute. Why is Biden fault? He's been very strongly pushing this. He says it's the— We need know, much harsh— You want to get on a plane? Yeah. You want to cash a Social Security or Medicare unemployment check? Uh-huh. Fine. We've decided. We've decided. You want to show up to a public school? You yeah, want to— not doing that. For God's sakes, when I go to Africa, I have to take tons of vaccines. But you know, a lot there of these government a, mandates have not worked. They haven't gone through in California even. Like, they, these, these, these requirements have died in local and state legislatures. I, I just don't buy it. I think if the government, if they wanted, could find a lot of ways, both carrots and sticks, uh, I don't to get people. No, because they can't. Here's, here's, here's the thing. Well, it'd be interesting to have Preet or one of the seven million lawyers we have on the show. But here's the thing. I, I think that we, the people that get the news are the whack yeah. jobs right. who don't want to get the vaccine. You're like, well, it's an experiment on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's not the majority of the people who haven't gotten a vaccination. The majority of the people who haven't gotten a vaccination are like the majority of people who don't vote. They're just sort of indifferent. Yeah. They're just sort of lazy. Yeah. They're yeah. not against it. They're not for it. They're just like, you know what? I'm not in a hurry. Yeah, it's like I'm indifferent guys. against my vasectomy. I've had a plan for six <laughs> months and I haven't gotten it because I'm not super excited to go have a laser <laughs> shot into Big Ed and the Twins. Yeah, yeah. People, yeah. There, are, there are 90 million Americans yeah. who haven't gotten the vaccine who are eligible. And I bet about 80 of them probably would. Probably would yeah, with the they're nudge. going to yes if they're nudged yeah yeah I agree I think the cop what do you think what do you I think they I don't this? think the government is going to do it I think everywhere it's failed this idea of of state uh, vaccine mandates as they move closer to them they never get there I think it's companies that are going to say you know what we're going to protect our employees and you can't come to work I think United is handling it just right and I think they're sort of quite pushing on people who use the religious exemption like okay then then you have to go on unpaid leave you have to pay for you know this is what this is what it costs. Putting a cost on top of it by companies, I think, is the way to go. I think that's the way to well, go. Was it Delta doing that, saying that if you don't get a vaccine? No, that's United. Just United. United. No, Some no, of the one's others increasing their health care costs. One's saying, yes, increasing, one's increasing to... their health care costs. So I think it should just be mandated. I'm not flying any other airline. I was When I was interviewing the head of American, I'm like, I'm not yeah, flying American. You're not mandating. I'm not getting on it with your employees coughing on me. 100%. No way. I'm only flying United, and I'm, that's not, it's not my favorite. I like JetBlue better. But whoever has vaccine mandates, I'm going to their stores. I'm going to their uh, things like that. And that's just the way it is. But how, okay, let's incremental. How can we not have vaccine mandates? I, I saw to. the head of the teachers union saying she's sympathetic to mandates. No, like, no, no. All no, right. Well, then f- I interviewed her. No, she, they're, the they're, they're for them. They're for them. They're for mandates. Well, they haven't done it. They have okay. They're well. For they can't it. They're compel for it people it to do it. They don't have it. a rule. The school systems have to do it. They I don't can't. Buy they're that. for it. Well, they can't make their teachers I, I, do it. it the, the, the unions cannot make their teachers do it. They cannot. There is no. They have no compelling school, way oh, to right. do it. School districts can, and school so could. Um, can. I, how how do healthcare? Numbers, but then you have those wacky hospitals. friggin' meetings with the crazy people showing up. Hmm? Hmm? 
Well, first of all, most I love. I think the first question for everyone that shows up at school meeting is: Do you actually have a child in this school district, or are you just here to <laughs> to true. just show us different stages of mental illness? Yeah, it's it, really it, quite it's, crazy. But they show up at lots of listen. School meetings have been wacky for but decades. Hospital workers. Have you seen these TikTok videos yeah. of nurses saying we've been thrown out like garbage? Like you should be thrown out like garbage. Yeah. You're practicing well, science. Oh, you don't. I'll believe tell you who's my favorite: Dr. Jeffrey Swisher. He talked about that about tech. Oh, he was about great. health tech people. Oh my, I'm so. I'm I forgot. Yeah. He brought medicine, which I love, and humanity together. Mm-hmm. And also the person on your show, the journalist talking about Theranos. That was yeah. fascinating. That was John my favorite Carey episode. Roo. Yeah. That was swish Yes. Dr. John swish is doing the good. Theranos thing, which starts this week. We will talk about it next week when the trial starts. Um, let me get to another thing. The, the government of El Salvador purchased 400 Bitcoin one day after mm-hmm. it became official currency in the nation. That's nearly $21 million at the time of purchase. So the president's all into the Bitcoin. What's going on? He wants to be the Bitcoin country. So is everyone moving to El Salvador? Look, I think it's actually really big for Bitcoin. And there were a lot of stories about it's mm-hmm. kind of the hiccups in the rollout. But I would argue there was less hiccups in the rollout than the rollout of Obamacare or you know Windows mm-hmm. 8, I think a Bloomberg article pointed out. But the remittance, it, it, it could reduce substantially commissions around remittance. The GDP of Italy is transferred from uh, in between the Americas, from workers uh, back to uh, residents back in countries such as El Salvador, which is the poorest country in Central America. And it's just, it, it's great it's for Bitcoin. It's an interesting gambit for them. Yeah, for it this is really country. interesting. But people like Bitcoin for different reasons. Investors like it for the volatility, some people mm-hmm. like it for the technology. Um, and then that's why people are worried. They're worried about the uh, instability of it. But ATMs that convert to Bitcoin, Starbucks and McDonald's taking it, yep. it crashed on Tuesday. But I actually would argue it's probably a buying opportunity. I think it's fantastic for Bitcoin to have a sovereign nation saying this is our new default currency. Who the big loser is existentially is. through all of this is that if the USD gets replaced as the default currency, we're going to lose right. one of the most powerful armies we've, you know, in the world. And that's that is our ability to attract Correct. I mean, although the Bitcoin people say no, it's a long time. Right now, the U.S. dollar it's is the currency nation. of the world. Adopting it as legal currency, I think it's yeah. a big deal. What do you think? I think it's a small country. It's a great way to sort of involve them in some sort of economic resurgence for them. I think it's, it's a good idea. You know, you think of countries that have done this many, like Switzerland becoming the banking capital, you know, a small country mm-hmm. taking some financial risk uh, to do so. I think it's a really interesting thing. I would love to talk to the, the president when he's doing this. I think one of the issues is the avoidance of taxes, obviously, and then people moving mm-hmm. there, you know, becoming like a Monaco, which is, another, you know, there's cu- certain countries that mm-hmm. do, the, like Ireland, there's a different country, usually small ones. It's interesting Money to try these yeah. new fresh yeah. things. Um, I think what's interesting is the SEC at the same time, when we're having the head, Preet is going to be interviewing the head of the SEC, uh, Gary Gensler, threatened to sue Coinbase over its crypto lending program. Um, mm-hmm. So they've been fighting, and the SEC is trying to sort this out, all these things. And that's really where I think the trouble is going to be, is how the government responds. Uh, shares in Coinbase fell on Wednesday following the news. Um about that, but it's a really interesting time. And the question is, what will the SEC and other government agencies do around the the, the, the Treasury Department uh, and other net g- governments around the world about Bitcoin? Like, how do they engage with it? But and, you've and always said they're about to show up. They're about to show up with a big I think stick. they are. You, yeah. 
I think yeah. I, I don't know if it's a stick. I think they've got to have a very uh, sophisticated look at this because it's sort of a trend that's it's sort of like being against the Internet. Right. It, it seems like mm-hmm. this is the future. And so how do you but but there's all kinds of problems of people avoiding taxes, hiding the dark, you know, all, all this stuff mm-hmm. that's around any financial instrument over the many years. So I do think, I think El Salvadorina doing it is is interesting. It's prone to possible fraud. It's prone to problems, I guess, because these countries sort of are open-armed. Um, I do think a country that is not necessarily as easy to roll over is probably the best place for a lot of this stuff to happen, which would be the United States. The United States and and Europe and, and other countries have got to comment on this and, and regulate it in some fashion. So. So I agree with you. I think so. It does say on your tax form, have you purchased or made any capital yeah. gains from cryptocurrency? <laughs> and there's also, but in you? addition to playing, oh, defense, wait, you're buying tools, right? You're buying tools. I'm a no coiner. I don't understand it, but I've invested in a company called Ledger. I'm like, I want to, I want exposure to yeah. it. So I'm in the picks and the shovels. So I'm in the, the kind of premier cold hardware storage wallet that has like supposedly 14% of all crypto is on these devices. Anyways, because people don't want anything hot or connected that can be hacked. Mm-hmm. And it's, the company is doing incredibly well. Anyways, the in addition to playing defense around regulation, if I were advising the government, and I might be, hmm. uh, I would um, I Are would you play and Janet offense. Yellen hanging out secretly was she in Ibiza? Hello, you? Berkeley professor. Hello, making us proud every day. Making <laughs> us proud Ibiza every day. You, weren't you, weren't you partying? She's a gangster. I absolutely Yellen. love. Oh, and by the way, who is also the chief economic advisor in the Clinton administration? Dean of the Haas School, Laura D'Angelo Tyson. We we produce yeah. not only gangsters, yeah. but gangsters who have ovaries. That's what Berkeley yeah. is. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Okay. Anyways. All right. Okay. Anyways, the um, where were we? Where am I? Oh, I was I'm over here. You. Katie Kirk. Uh, <laughs> no. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm fucking Katie Kirk. That was my favorite line of the entire time. I think the U.S. should play offense. I think the U.S. should yeah. introduce a stable coin, a digital currency, and and just basically put these guys out of the oh, I think they should compete these guys away. Oh, and, interesting. You know, if you think that El Salvador made news when it took some ATMs and made it legal tender, what happens when we have the Eagle coin, which is backed by the full faith and government of the greatest experiment in the history of mankind, and that is U.S. government? So I, I think we idea. should play D- – I, I mean, first off – I thought it was a terrible move strategically for the CEO of Coinbase to go on a rant against yeah, uh, the SEC. I just don't much. think that was smart. Yeah. I don't yeah. think, you know, I'm like, boss, you're not Tim Cook. Um, and yeah. and Gary Gensler, I get the feeling this guy came to play. I would not mm-hmm. want to fuck with this guy. I would not want to yeah. antagonize him. But also, It's a I critically think important time. It's I, to, I, to cooperate with the government on this. I think we should go into. Um, I think we should have the eagle coin and say, "All right, playtime's over, guys. Digital currency. Eagle thanks coin. for the innovation, but we're gonna we're gonna have an incredibly yeah. powerful stable coin with great technology, and I think it would be good for our. our they brand. would like to avoid regulation. They're not going to avoid regulation. This group of people, you know, it's like the early internet. They were like this too. Too bad. Sorry, boys. There's always the same thing, whether it was oil or minerals, and that is these nascent emerging industries like to think that they're above regulations. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're innovators. Not. We shouldn't. You yeah. shouldn't hold us back. And then ultimately, yeah, it's a particular strain with the with the Bitcoin people. It's all linked well, it's together. All libertarian, to like yes, exactly. Crypto. But they're going to be regulated. All right, Scott, we're going to move yeah. on to our big story. 
The IPO market is red hot this year. 2021 is the busiest year for IPOs since 2000. That's 21 years. The U.S. has seen over 250 companies IPO already, and more than 100 companies are expected to follow before January. That's not counting SPACs. There have been more than 400 this year compared to less than 300 last year. IPOs are expected but not confirmed from Reddit, Discord, which I think would be really interesting, mm-hmm. and Instacart. So what's the deal? And obviously, Robinhood went public. You're mm-hmm. one of our viewers and my least favorite companies. But mm-hmm. w- w- talk about this. Talk a little, get, like, get, do a little Scottness of it. Do a little Professor Galloway. By the way, you're teaching, right? Again, are you back to teaching? I'm teaching at Section 4. I'm not teaching at Stern this this semester. I'll teach in the spring. Okay. Um, All right. Okay. So uh, I'm not sure I have a ton of insight here. If, if you look at the IPO market, the number of, of publicly traded companies has actually, I think, been cut in half the last 30 years because of mergers and increased regulation. Yes. And so we're sort of just catching up. And then you've got you've to sort of parse it. There's some nuance here. The SPAC market is has gotten kicked in the nuts. Uh, only mm-hmm. two SPACs got out in July. And over half of SPACs are over 50% or more off of their highs. So SPACs are, a lot of the air is coming out of SPACs. There's some great companies going public. The markets are still incredibly strong. Where I think the real activity is, where the real activity is, is in the private markets where last quarter we minted more unicorns than than we have in history. Um, We had, I think, 120 new billion-dollar-plus companies emerged in Q2 of 2021, which is a, so which is a new investing. record. Uh, yeah, the private markets, I think, are really benefiting from these incredible valuations. So, for example, uh, Robinhood goes out at a crazy valuation and then goes up. And mm-hmm. so that excites the entire fintech market. By the way, the, mar- the sector that's producing more unicorns than any other sector is, in fact, fintech. And y- mm-hmm. when you think about it, it's just so obvious. We were talking about Bitcoin. Uh, in El Salvador, I had a dinner last night with the CEO of a company called Walla, which is uh, his name Walla? is Kirpala. Yeah, Walla. Uh, I believe okay. it's U A L A, which is twenty five percent of people under the age of thirty in Argentina have this mm. digital wallet called Walla. It's basically a digital, you know, digital bank. Mm-hmm. And the unbanked, there's you know like fifty million unbanked yeah. people in Mexico, right. and you talk about remittance payments, and so everyone's trying to become the operating system of different parts of our life. And this category is so exciting because the it's the classic innovator's dilemma where the operating system for JP Morgan is a ready teller and a bank branch, which are expensive and outdated. That's not how people want to mm-hmm. interface with their digital, their digital right. financial lives right now. So the fintech community is such an exciting place to be right now. And a lot of these IPOs, the really crazy ones, and a lot of these mm-hmm. private markets are really about Fintech. But in sum, I think the SPAC market is already starting to um, feel some pain because some of these companies you are really reaching deep into the barrel around. Which one? Give me a good example. Oh, gosh. I don't know. Virgin Galactic? Right. Yeah. You know, Vice (laughs) didn't do theirs, but the Vices fell apart, as you recall. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, I mean, and, and I shouldn't pick on them because it's, uh, that's actually a real company. It's worth something. It's just overvalued. But some of these things, some, especially, you know what, the, the, the market that's really overheated is the EV market. Um, I mm-hmm. mean, there's just so yes, many yes. different electric, you know, electric filling your world. Well, they were trying to find a way not to stay private, like to go, to move out into the market for some yeah. advantage. That's what was happening. Those are, those are investments that take for a long, a much longer amount of time. And you still have the big companies like Google and others and Amazon in that space with, with unlimited funds, right? And so they need to get out and differentiate themselves in some way, if only to get bought, right? If only to get 
snapped up by these companies? Well, it's, it's, I mean, there's a lot there. Capital is a strategy, getting out, it's a great branding event. But if you look just at the EV market, seven of the companies have gotten out, they're just not doing well. And one of them's yeah. been accused of fraud. Um, so I, I think the SPAC market, I mean, regression to the mean is one of the most powerful forces in the universe. And over, mm -hmm. SPACs are nothing new. They generally underperform traditional IPOs because the filters aren't as, aren't as fine there. They overperformed in 2020. My guess is they're going to start underperforming because you look at some of these things and you think, okay, it's got a great logo and it's interesting, but it's worth 60 times revenues. So uh, the yep. SPAC market, I think you got to discern between traditional IPOs that the traditional guys All are right, taking so out. Of the SPACs. traditional IPOs, which ones do you like? Reddit, Discord, Instacart? They're, those are all ones that are very promising, I would say. Reddit's a really interesting one, I think. Um, so uh, I don't know much about so Dis Discord. I, I, I worry that Instacart is part of the menace economy engaging in regulatory arbitrage and arbitrage of people's time, although I think a lot of people would say flexibility is a great thing. Anyway, sort of, sort of of the Uber Lyft ilk. Um, I think Reddit... Mm -hmm. I think Reddit is a really interesting company because there's been so few, if you think of it as a social media platform, there really hasn't been a social media platform of any mm -hmm. size launched in the US since Pinterest. And could Reddit be right. that that new social media influence platform? So I'm excited, oh, I'm excited about old, Reddit. It? It's been around a while, right? Yeah, oh yeah, it was owned by Condé Nast. I mean, Condé Nast, I think, think, it's got a really interesting financial history of ownership and, and things like that. Um, I, I think I think a lot of these, uh, a lot of companies are ready to go public. You know, there's so many right. of them that have been funded right. and they can't stay private forever. And I think you're right, Robinhood was a real indicator like that these things can do well. And I think the public is desperate for more investments, right? More ability to publicly invest. So I think it's a good sign. And you're right about SPACs. I mean, it sort of sort of kicks SPACs to the curb in a lot of ways, right? So the SPACs are the sort of second class citizens of this. Well, this was going to be a better open. prediction, but you talk about private companies. I don't, know, I don't think they filed, but I think SpaceX is going to be worth more than Tesla. Uh, I think uh -huh. Tesla is going to head in the wrong direction. Oh, oh, SpaceX. Save, that. save that. Save that for your prediction. Well, anyways, that well, that won't be my prediction yeah. for this episode. But we'll be chit-chatting with Elon Musk you, about SpaceX. You're excited what I'm at code in a couple weeks. I know. That's that's Sorry. a big get for you. Um, you asked yeah. me what I'm excited about. We're going to talk a lot about space. What? Hmm? Uh, I'm an investor in a company called Better Mortgage that has taken out all the all the friction out of, mm -hmm. of mortgages and then splits kind of the the cost savings. Did one point? I think it did 1.2 billion this year. It's going to do 1.2 billion and is profitable and is spacking with SoftBank. And um, the key to the whole thing yeah. is that you know you want to be able to finance your your pipe. Uh, so I'm excited about that mm -hmm. one that's coming out. So there's a lot. I mean, I think it's yeah. just you have to be. Well, I don't want to say you have to be more discerning because you always want to be discerning. But the market is beginning to say, okay, just going public isn't enough. You know, there were the, there was a SPAC that went out last month that was off 20% on its first day. There's a, Yeah, a lot you know, more. It's, it's, a it's lot starting. More. What do you think of Reddit? Discerning. I think it's a very, I've interviewed the CEO many times. I know the other founder, Alex Ohanian, very well. Um, yes. They certainly clean themselves up more than other they're small. They're small. You know, it's a small social network. It really is. Even though, I think it had it had the history of some really terrible situation. You know, situations on that platform. But I do think it's a super. I, I I think it's a really interesting company in general. And I think they're 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 much more thoughtful, even though they haven't been in the past necessarily. Mm -hmm. um, I think Discord as a platform is really interesting. Do you use a lot of people are using it. 
I do use Reddit. I, yeah. I use it for different things when I'm doing more research. I'm not, I don't spend my time like chit-chatting away with people about whatever, yeah. whatever, anything, right? That's, mm -hmm. I just think it's a really interesting, I think people, um, I think alternates to Facebook are interesting. I'm looking mm -hmm. at a lot of those. What are the alternates to current social media? Even as some of the social media sites, you know, uh, Twitter's really doubling down on community, this thing they're doing. Um, I think innovation in social media is really interesting. Obviously, fintech is much more financially lucrative. Doubling down on the metaverse because Mark Zuckerberg's realized that the real world gets in the way of his attention graph. Are you in the metaverse? Are you excited about the metaverse? Fuck the metaverse. Yeah, I agree with you. I, agree I get you. the point. I think he, he's just rehashing an old idea. It's a very old idea. Anyway, let's go on a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk about Google's latest legal headache and also take a listener mail question. By the way, Scott, your that listener mail question we got with George Hahn was an interesting voice. He was from Albania, France. Definitely, and, uh, Bertrand. <laughs> I loved watching your face. I fooled you, didn't I? I fooled no, you. Not for a second. I, I totally <laughs> for fooled a you. New York. I totally fooled you. You totally didn't. We were completely aware. Did I give it away when Kelly I said the French, his... Belgian, Albanian border? Didn't that? Shouldn't <laughs> that have given it away? Really. <laughs> Albanian really did. That's Albanian was the end of your reign as a Incredible expression a of masculinity. We enjoyed it. We enjoyed it. Anyway, we're going to be back in a second. Fox Creative. This is advertiser content from Atlassian. One of our customers who produces pizza at a very large scale all across the world. Believe it or not, they use AI to review the quality of the pizzas that are created. That goes through a workflow that scans the images of the pizzas and makes sure they visually look like what they should. So it's pretty cool. That's Sharif Mansour, Atlassian's head of AI. Sharif thinks there's a lot for companies to be excited about on the AI-generated horizon, spanning everything from making pizza to producing podcasts like the one you're listening to now. There'll be far more jobs created on the other side of this revolution. Instead of a world of less, Sharif envisions an AI-powered world of more. In everyone's day job, they're moving from doing the thing to often being an architect of the thing. It unleashes the potential of every human. And I think we can go from a world where few people have access to a high level of intelligence to a lot more people having access to this information. AI is really giving everyone on the planet more resources to do great things. And I'm very optimistic about that opportunity that lies ahead. Transform teamwork with the power of AI-human collaboration. Start using Atlassian intelligence for your Atlassian products like Jira and Confluence now. Learn more at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N dot com. Scott, we're back with our second big story. The Justice Department is preparing another uh, suit against Google, this one aimed at the ad tech business. Google faces antitrust suits from state's attorneys general and private plaintiffs. Attorney General Merrick Garland may file the suit before Cantor. Jonathan Cantor is confirmed as assistant AG. This would sidestep conflict of interest issues. You know, all these companies are trying to claim anyone who's been critical of them is a conflict of interest. So what, what thinks you? It's moved, These are moving forward, obviously. And, and the FTC refiled on Facebook, I think, while you were away. Where do you imagine this is going? Or is it going to be a slow slog to nowhere? I think you summarized it perfectly in that this is coming. It's just going to come a lot slower than we think, right? And People like me who kind of take a roughshod cliff notes, 
you know, give me mm -hmm. the, the headline news um, breakups, immediately go to the easy stuff and say, oh, they should spin YouTube. People who are more thoughtful about this, I know an analyst in London named Richard Kramer who, who has this company called Aret. He's very thoughtful and very smart about this stuff, says the real problem is around their acquisition of DoubleClick and essentially Google and the digital marketing yeah. sector is a buyer, this a seller, and the market maker. <laughs> so if yeah. you had this a farmer- back. To the Obama, you, yeah. Obama administration? That's when this happened. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but Maybe, people say yeah. Obama was basically bought off by Google and decided to leave well, alone. I, that I he had agree. the same unholy alliance with Eric Schmidt that Trump had with Mark Zuckerberg. Anyway, they mm -hmm. all have their unholy alliances. But mm -hmm. if, uh, if uh, someone, a farmer, if the farmer, the person buying the wheat and the market maker were all the same person, you think, well, that's probably going to end up in higher bread prices. And so that that's what we have here. But most pe thoughtful people say this is the right place to zero in on from a true legal antitrust viewpoint. So I think it's going to happen. I just wonder if it's a year or 10 years. Yeah, but Facebook has a similar, I mean, it's sort of a duopoly. Um, and interestingly, w there's a lot coming together. I mean, Apple, this, I think that case is going to be decided allegedly this week. The judge had talked about mid-September, the Epic case. Obviously, um, Apple went out of its way to settle with some developers around its app store, although some people thought it was weak sauce in terms of getting ahead of, you know, trying to get ahead of the problems that they're going to face. From a regulatory point of view, the FTC is looking at blocking the Amazon MGM deal. That's another one. That's right there. Amazon is, was buying the Vaughn Library, et cetera. Do you think cetera. that's going to go through or not? I'm curious what you think on that. Well, apparently they're what looking about think? blocking it. They're through? looking at, um, I, I don't know why it wouldn't. Like, I, I, you know, one of the things you hate to say is like, look, they're really big, but there's plenty of competition in the space, right? Mm -hmm. Although, you know, the FTC has a problem here. Like, what do they do? Do they, if they don't block it, they look like they're pushovers, right? In the things they're talking about. If they mm -hmm. do block it and they don't have a case, they look like idiots if they lose. Um, I don't quite know what, why they shouldn't allow this one. Um, obviously, Lena Khan is going to be more anti Amazon because she's talked about that. But in this space, I think it's hugely competitive. I like in the streaming market thing. I think any case is not going to win in court. Like, why would you, it, why it would you throw yourself up against a wall? Yeah, the, it's going to lose in court. It's going to lose in court. Yeah, the, the, and no the middle ground. There's no there is no middle ground. Yeah. Usually with a middle ground, they can say, okay, to save face, we want you to sell the Cartoon Network and then we'll approve it or something. It's not, they can't say we'll sell the Bond franchise. The, 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 I agree with you that Amazon has, Amazon will say, well, in media, we have less than 2% share of streaming or whatever they'll say, right? But at the same time, yeah. if a company, if a company has so much market power that results in a stock price where they can outbid anyone for any asset they want, that creates market power, which is the old Brandeisian um, mm -hmm. antitrust test that says that's unfair. If any, if any traditional media player can't even show up to the bidding table because they can monetize it by subsidizing these purchases through other markets, whether it's cloud then you end up with anti-competitive market power. And the reality is Viacom was looking at this, Disney was looking at this, and none of them could justify the price that Amazon can pay. And at some point, Amazon just looks at every media company, every e-commerce company, and says, well, maybe it makes sense at this price, maybe it doesn't, but I'll tell you what, it makes sense to never let anyone do anything resembling a strategic acquisition because we outbid them because we have the currency to do it because we have such incredible market power in the market, in the capital market. So mm -hmm. I think if you look at it through a consumer lens and a share lens, the argument traditional antitrust doesn't show up, but Lena Khan looks at stuff through a market power yeah, 
but lands. This is too much of a competitive market. I mean, there's a really interesting quote in Axios. The mere fact that she's criticized a lot of things about Amazon, I would hope, wouldn't mean that she would just then have to, by rote, oppose anything Amazon would do. That would be a real Mm -hmm. miscarriage of justice. I would would tend to agree with that. Um, You can't just say... That's an interesting thought. Just because it's concentrated, it... Here it is concentrated. They should, should they should be able to buy some things. Like I don't, I just don't, I don't know. And you know me, I'm like take them to jail, mm-hmm. all of them. You know, but I don't. In this case, I think it's um, just because the progressives want to make a. They think they're it's a stupid strategy to attack everything, and you'll lose in court. And so, what's the point of that? You're saying it would be symbolic, but not justified, but not legally. It's it, not it, even good symbolic. I you know I think if yeah. you're any kind of reasonable person, you're Fair like, point. well, there's kind of like a lot of streaming competition why would you they can't you know they'll argue that that they can lock consumers into the platform but uh, you know there's another really good quote by someone who's who backs amazon here amazon will no uh will will no more have a monopoly over james bond than netflix has a supposed monopoly over stranger things said adam kovacevic who i've seen before around founder of the industry group chamber Mm -hmm. of progress which counts amazon among its partners going to be very difficult to make a case surrounding the facts that i would agree i think they, can, they should be able to buy this. They I missed you, Kara. I'm sitting here <laughs> looking at you, and it just struck me that I missed you. How have you been? Good. How have you been? Good. You haven't asked. Yeah, how was your August? That. How was your Busy. August? I was working all the time. I was working on my book. I was working on this. I oh, was getting right. a deal. I was trying to your meet memoir? New, new dates on, on this show in case something happened to you. You know, I was nice. working away. And I have my lovely family. Everything's going well there. Everyone's the golden good. child had to go the to school. The butcher, the giant, and the golden child, as yes, I like to yes. refer to them. The, they're all at the house. They're all at the that house. That sounds like a good Fellini movie. Yes, and the then butcher, we're getting ready the giant, for and the golden child. <laughs> the giant, playing it, I took the giant back to San cinema. Francisco. Speaking of which, he's very. I have to say, we spent a lot of talk, time talking about tech. He, by the way, oh my God, he read the four. He's reading the four. He he kept you, talking you at shocked. me. Uh, no, but he was talking at me about these issues, and I said, "Read this book by Scott Galloway." And he's halfway through it, and he's already has some thoughts. He thought you were tough on them. I know you said you weren't tough enough on it. I said he thought he could be tougher. He wants to talk to you about it. Well, he has okay. some thoughts. All right. So anyway, Anything he was reading he wants, your book. Because I am scared of him. Yes. I am well, you should be because he's taller than ever. Yeah, I think he's like growing to more interest. He's huge. He's huge. God. And now he's sort of filling the reason, out. So. The, literally, the reason you work through August is you need a food budget of like $11 million. It's it's I can't true. imagine what it takes. Do you literally just shovel food in front of him and say, okay, he eats like four, have like, at it. He and I spent 10 days in San Francisco together and he ate four meals a day, like four to five meals a day and like kept eating. It was crazy. I just gave him the credit card at the end and said, just go outside and get some food. Anyway, he, but he dervish. is reading your book and he has a lot of questions for you. Okay, Scott, right. let's pivot to a listener question. This one came in via email. You've got, you've got, I can't believe I'm going to be a mailman. You, you, you've got mail. Hi, team. So many Silicon Valley companies have left for Texas. Can you explore what this means for recruitment given the new Texas anti-abortion law? I can't imagine that Apple, Google, Facebook employees in Austin are happy with the new law or the decision to leave California if they did so. Employees at tech firms are young and generally left to center when it comes to politics. That's not actually true, uh, Nina. This can't be good for enticing folks to move to Texas regards Nina. Nina, they're not as liberal as you think they are. But nonetheless, I, I find this really interesting. Uh, a lot of people who had moved, had been crowing about moving to Florida or Texas or wherever are now, you know, especially two things, COVID and these shitty laws, um, mm-hmm. which are just, you know, anti-human as far as I'm concerned. And it's, they're really, I'm like enjoying yourself there in the 4,000 degree weather, hurricanes, COVID, 
everything, like, and, and including people who moved just even in California to Tahoe and other places. Um, I think they're finding it a little more problematic than their grand departure from Silicon Valley. But I think it's difficult. I think it's going to be difficult. Austin's a wonderful city and very progressive, but still in the middle of Texas. So what do you think, Scott? This is the impact it'll have on people moving to Texas. Absolutely none. Absolutely none. Yeah. Uh, people talk a big game, and the reality is people choose where to live for for much different reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when I moved to Florida, I consider right. myself a very politically conscious person. I moved there ten years ago. You know, I moved. Well, I moved for a, real, a lot of reasons, but when my in-laws were there and wanted grandparents involved in my kids' lives, my mm -hmm. youngest son, and the story ends well here, but at the time it was speech delayed and we got locked out of seven for seven uh, pre-K in mm -hmm. Manhattan. I thought, that's it. I'm out of here. Cost of living. And the reality is Texas, between the lifestyle and the cost of living, the low taxes, a, a burgeoning economy – is just an outstanding cocktail in terms of lifestyle. And people don't go, well, there's a nicer life, but there are a, a legislatures who might be voted out in two years, hopefully. They want to take women back to old Spain. I'm not moving. Said no one ever. Roseanne Arquette goes on Twitter and says, I just gave up a movie role because it's in Texas. And I thought my first thought, of course, was, wow, Roseanne Arquette still does movies. But anyways, it, it, no one cares. It, the reality yeah. is it's a I, bunch of posturing. It's not mm. going to – and I think it's terrible. I, I hope that it helps turn Texas from from red to purple to blue, but it's not going to impact. You're going to see just as many U-Haul one ways into Texas this week as two weeks ago. All right. Okay. That's interesting. I, I, I do think people are more concerned. I think you're correct is that, that some of this stuff, because not very many companies spoke up about Texas, by the way. Bumble was one of them. They're based in Austin. They created a relief fund for to help provide abortions. But one of the things that's interesting about this is the COVID thing is not, that is what I'm hearing mm -hmm. from, from a lot of people who have moved there. They're like, wait a minute like they, they, they and they don't quite know what to do about it because they like most of the cases right now in this country are in texas florida and missouri uh which is interesting and i think that's more problematic for them like mm -hmm. where what am i doing here like this is not what i thought and i do think it, it matters where you want to where you want to live in terms of politics but i do think it's more is will these will these, these states become more purple where there's much more of a differentiation. This this law is really quite appalling in so many ways and very clever also, unfortunately, um, but, the way But when we it. go to South by Southwest, you and I are going to crash an after-hours club at the Silverado mm -hmm. uh, where we're going to desperately st seek Susan and talk about our New York stories <laughs> because we have nowhere to run. But you know what? Hope floats. <laughs> by the way, those seven of the ten best Roseanne Arquette films, I feel yeah. bad about She's a wonderful actress. Don't insult her. Anyway, um, I think it, I think it's an interesting time. I think it will be interesting. You know, Beto might run in, uh, for governor. There's a lot of activity in Florida, although DeSantis is popular. I think he's this COVID thing is not great for him. It's not, you know, I mean, I think a lot of sort of middle of the road people are like, ah, this isn't what I signed up for. They like living there. They like the low taxes. So it's, I think it's a probably more complex, although I have heard from a lot of people who are moving back to the Bay Area for sure. Really? More. People are yes. moving back. Yeah. They like miss the food. They miss the, they just, it's just not the same. It's not, it's not. And I have to tell you when Alex and I went back, it's, it's so beautiful there. It is so it's a beautiful city. And it's not, you know, when yeah. you get there, one of the things that really struck me is 
It's not, it, it's not, it's better than when I left. Like there was always a homeless problem. There was always a crime problem. There's a huge crime problem in DC where I live, you know? And so it, it, it wasn't, it was definitely not as bad as I, as, as has been painted by the media, 100%. It just isn't. And I went all over the city, by the way, I walked in every part of the city and there's this areas that are still bad are still bad. And, but they're not as bad as they were when I left. They just aren't. Um, so, and I didn't get every square inch. That's of the interesting. City. You think so, you 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 think things have gotten better? That's interesting. It, it, there's not so many douchebags. <laughs> it's just it's got a what, different. What I understand, sense. the VC community is moving to Austin. Is that what you're Whatever. saying? Whatever. It's With, just it feels like the the more alternative. It feels like a more diverse city than before. It does. There's not as many buses rolling around. You know those big tech buses. I I thought San Francisco looked fantastic, actually, comparatively to when I left. It looks great. I I haven't been back Hmm. in two years, and I really enjoyed myself. Yeah, look, a ton of money. It's still a stunning, it's a stunning and creative place. Here's the thing. Gavin Newsom will probably win in the next election. So that's another thing. Like these tech guys tried to, you know, take him out. And, you know, you never know. Larry Elder is is doing rather well, surprisingly well. This guy who's a talk show host and and stuff. So it looks like he's not. But it's interesting that tech bros are the ones. Some of the tech bros tried to take him out and it didn't quite work. And then another tech bro, um, Reed Hastings, is the one supporting him and some others. So it's just an interesting – California is going to be very – if he wins – the whole recall thing. I mean, initially, the notion was the right notion that people should have democratic input and off cycles mm-hmm. if things get bad. But this has absolutely backfired on everyone. So let me get this. Uh, a governor can get 49 percent and yeah. some whack job who gets 13 percent becomes governor. Yeah. I mean, that's not that's democratic. And also, I thought these tech guys who are really dissatisfied with San Francisco and have been beating the drum. I'm like, Larry Elder wins. It's like, okay, guys, did you really think this shit through? Yeah, because of Diane Feinstein too, by the way, FYI. She's quite old. If she dies, Larry Elder yeah. would be able to appoint her in the short time he would be governor. So it would yeah. be because I'm hopeful. I, uh, you, like, you know and like uh, Governor Newsom. I know and like him. I do. I um, think he made some missteps, but, uh, you know, hello. Hello. Yeah. Certainly. I mean, come on. Come on. Anyway, that was a fun question. We want to hear more. If you've got a question you're curious about, go to nymag.com slash pivot and submit it for the show. All right, Scott, one more quick break. And now I want this prediction. I want more illumination on your prediction. It better be a good okay. one. And by the way, since you've so well rested, if it's not good, you're going to have to do another Ugh. one. Support for Pivot comes from Hidden Layer. It seems like everywhere you look, industries are turning to generative AI. We talk about it a lot on this show. Businesses can generate more ideas, answers, connections, solutions, and momentum. But at the same time, security teams are forced to slow down that progress so they can make sure AI adoption is safe and responsible. Hidden Layer's AI detection and response platform secures generative AI and large language models from malicious attacks, leaking of confidential information, and intellectual property theft. Hidden Layer helps you generate more by enabling seamless, secure generative AI. Here's how it works. AI detection and response protects businesses from potential attacks by monitoring and analyzing the inputs and outputs of their generative AI applications, blocking harmful transactions and alerting security teams in real time, allowing organizations to accelerate their AI adoption with speed. Customers in finance, technology, healthcare, and even the U.S. Department of Defense trust Hidden Layer to protect their AI today. Plus, 
Hiddenlayer was named Most Innovative Startup at RSA, the most significant cybersecurity conference in the nation. With Hiddenlayer, go from pause to possibilities. Generate more with Hiddenlayer. Visit hiddenlayer.com slash pivot to learn more about Hiddenlayer's AI detection and response solution. Okay, Scott, we're back. Next up, give us this week's prediction. Uh, my predictions are really rooted in optimism, and I'm, okay. I came up with them both this morning, and that is I, I do think immunities are kicking in. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find silver linings in this crisis because every every once in a while at night when I'm alone, a moment of reality hits me, and I like literally become very anxious and and can only fix it with zakapa and edibles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm trying to get into my gratitude practice. And one of the one of the immunities that's kicking in, and sometimes at a crisis, whether it's the fires in London that spawns incredible architecture or investing in Germany and Japan and turning them into great allies after the crisis that was uh, of, the, of the 20th century that was World War II, I do think there's some really wonderful things happening. And these are just right. two minor, not two minor ones, but two things I've noticed just in the last 24 hours. The first is that in response to this, this ridiculous, abhorrent, send women back to the seventh century, let's turn Americans into vigilantes narking on each other, known as this ridiculous legislation in Texas. I think it's going to bring a lot of warranted attention to family planning technology. Mm. And a company called Hey Jane that helps women with family planning using the anonymity and the technology and also the regulatory arbitrage and non-geographic standard notion of technology. I think that's a really interesting idea. I actually reached, I tried to find her on LinkedIn and said, I'd like to invest in this. There's another startup called Avia. I think it's A-A-V-I-A. And I met the mm-hmm. the founder and she's an incredibly impressive person that's trying to focus on women's health. Because of course, the first kind of famous tech health app is called HIMS, right? Yeah, HIMS so and HIMS, right? Just they like have we have three... Yeah, and then they like, oops, let's call it and hers. Yeah, yeah. and which is kind of uh, reflects or mimics uh, medical research to begin with. Like, let's focus on heart disease for men, and that gets over fun. Anyways, I think it's an exciting time uh, to be in the women's health space, and mm-hmm. I think that they could address some of these issues, and I think they're going to start getting a lot more attention. Two of these companies, Hey Jane and Avia, two small startups that I think are going to get more attention, and then my. Second prediction is I'm just so excited about this. Forbes came out with their annual ranking of schools. Mm. And these rankings are so frighteningly important for education yeah. because young people young people love brands because they're insecure and stupid. And so they need help picking something. So they go, okay, I got into Michigan and Michigan State. They're not smart enough to go, where would I be happier? Where do my parents live? They defer to the brand because they're insecure as they should be and don't know what they want. And that's why brands and marketers love young people because they defer to Mm -hmm. brands. And the most powerful pulse in brands and universities around a quarter of a million dollar purchase is the brand uh, or specifically the rankings. These rankings are so powerful. And schools live and die by them, right? I mean, a hundred percent. And this is why they are so awful and so corrupt. One of the biggest signals or inputs around the methodology of rankings is admissions rates, specifically who they do not admit. So you go up in the rankings as you reduce your admissions. When you you literally ignore your role as a public servant and take UCLA from 70% admissions rate that lets in the son of single immigrant mothers who aren't qualified, i.e. yours truly, and take it down to 12% this year, they go up in the rankings. And Harvard continues to let in 1,400 people from 55,000 applicants when they sit on the the endowment, the GDP of of Costa Rica. 
And it's led to some very unhealthy outcomes where we in academia have lost the script and think that it's great to create despair and misery across middle-class households with yeah. good kids who I don't like get into good schools. I like you're still sticking with this one. Keep going. So Forbes, Forbes, the gangsters at Forbes, thank you, Forbes, thank you, visionary Forbes, says, you know what one of our inputs is going to be? The percentage of kids on Pell Grants. Because access to the transformative opportunity that is higher ed should be an input into a ranking. And they found, they found mm -hmm. that two of the top 10 schools, number one, Berkeley, uh, I think number six, UCLA, are UC schools. And nine of the top 25, including four UC schools, are public universities who said, you know what? Our job isn't to be fucking Hermes. It's to move society forward. Mm -hmm. This is huge for education, that the most important signal around funding, endowments, applications, these rankings is now a reflection of the value add of the civic responsibility these schools reflect. So my prediction is All that right. we're about to enter a, 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 an incredible disruption in brand equity in universities where people realize that, you know what, if you're rejecting 96% of your applicants, that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. Anyways, my mm -hmm. predictions, more attention to some wonderful startups focusing on women's health and the greatest, the brand, if you will, the brand equity uh, industrial complex around universities is about to be disrupted. And we're going to see some of the great public universities that haven't lost their mission uh, accelerate to the top. You're going to have six or seven of the top 10 schools from a brand equity standpoint, not be these people posing as Hermes. It's going to be great public universities that every year try and expand their admissions. Those are my those are my. I have some comments, and I'd like your comments. Yes. One is I'll start with the the last one. Men fall behind in college enrollment. Women still. Oh my god! Did you see you this? Know, give up on college? I just feel lost. This was an amazing piece in the Wall Street Journal. By the way, Louis Swisher's taking a year off. He doesn't quite know the value of college, and he doesn't want to waste my money. It's interesting. He's going to work. He's going to work this year. He wants you see to. the numbers? 40% yeah. men, 60% women. You think, well, that's not that bad. So you know what that means when you show up to college? Yeah. There are 50% more women there. Yeah. The, and the thing that really bothered me about that article is the anti-intellectualism that men uh, I feel, feel. I just feel lost. Men give up on college. Let me just tell you, I, I, I've heard this from my son. I've heard this from my son. And, and he, works, he works really hard, by the way. He works 60, 70 hours a week. He loves to work. And it's similar thoughts, let me just say, similar thoughts. What do you say to that? Well, one, they're, 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 they're questioning the value. Two, they're oftentimes, quite frankly, not as qualified. Uh, boys mature later. Seven to 10 high school valedictorians are girls. So they're not as qualified usually. Uh, but also, and this will be a little bit controversial, I'm not sure young men necessarily want to go to an institution where a large theme is as a white male or as a male, you're the problem. Not sure I'm that's not his sure that, issue, but go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, but it's not It's not what I'd call – I mean, you want to talk about identity politics, ground zero for it, where we start with, all right, oppressors over here, oppressed over here, go to a university. So I think they're doing a value trade-off. I don't think they see it as welcoming. And also, to be blunt, some of this is a good thing. You know, it – the fact that more women and more uh, who are in in most instances, quite frankly, more qualified, mm -hmm. are over indexing, maybe that's not a bad thing. But there is a crisis among uh, young men who are overlooked because the general viewpoint is, if you're a young male, the world you know the world is yours for the taking. And, and then is. we have priced ourselves, and it is, and it we is. have priced ourselves universities out of a value equation here. I think he doesn't quite know the value of it. I don't think he's bothered by any 
political thing. I think that's something that, you know, the hot take hacks of Substack enjoy writing about. But I think he hot doesn't. Hot take hacks. <laughs> I just, I'm Hot sorry. take It's the hacks. same story over and over again. Like, poor white men. I, I'm sorry. They're not poor and they're and they're still white. So I think they're doing fine. I think he's just under, doesn't understand the value. I thought this, the kind of lost, I think, was like, what is the point of this? Was And, and not so much. He works hard. So it's not like he doesn't want to work. It's, it's just an interesting trend. That's one. The second thing is uh, By the France way, I know Louis offer... better than you know Louis. You know why Louis dropped out oh. or took a year off? <laughs> why? You know why I took a year off? <laughs> to be with his mama. Because of COVID. What? Because of COVID. Could Send be. Send him, not Could to NYU. Be. Send him to UCLA and football games and sorority rush and beer pong. I don't know. He when we're not He's like college. his mother. He likes... I didn't like college myself. I did not. I did not like college. I really? like working and he likes working. It's really interesting. It's a Swisher trade. Second thing, France to offer. He doesn't want to go to football games and, you know, kick back a beer. He just doesn't. It's not him. Anyway, not France him. to offer free contraceptive to women under 25. Think about that. France is doing that. And meanwhile, Mexico decriminalized abortion. And here we are in our country. That's, <laughs> I, I love that they're our new role model for progressive liberalism. I know, right? But they, the free contraception to women under 25 was really interesting because they're seeing these rates tick up and et cetera, et cetera. And so just, you know, it's just a, such a difference here. But I do like this idea of these companies. I think that, can you, can you do one more thing? Can you illuminate on your space thing that you just said? You sort of said I was going to make it a prediction and then you dropped it. What was your No, point? I just, I look, I, I think I think SpaceX is a, an incredible company that's well-managed and has incredible prospects. And I think it's going to soak up the space market. Mm -hmm. My sense is they're the only space company I follow that's hit every milestone. Yeah. They have $3.5 billion in Pentagon contracts and Jeff Bezos, Bezos is running around with his, with his hair on fire saying it was unfair. It strikes me that they're just outperforming and out-executing everybody else. Yep. And people get very excited. And then the I think the other ones are just going to, are going to all seed a ton of market capitalization. To sp I think SpaceX is really exciting and really well uh, operated. And I think Tesla is just, a gr again, great company. I love the product. Is dramatically overvalued. And then the quarter of a trillion dollar transfer mm -hmm. event that's going to take place in the next 12 months is when Tim Cook gets on stage and pulls a silk curtain off a car with an Apple logo on it. Mm -hmm. From that point over the next 180 days, a quarter of a trillion dollars in market cap is going to transfer you from Tesla trying. to Apple. You keep trying to whack that keep Tesla. Keep trying. Well, wait, wait till it happens. Wait till it <laughs> At some point, I'll be right. At some <laughs> at some, there will be a recession. You know, okay. economists have picked yeah. nine of the last uh, nine of the last three recessions. Anyways, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I know October cliff. Whatever the heck. We'll SpaceX talk about. in three years. SpaceX right. is worth more than Tesla. All right, you'll keep trying on that. I think you're right on the SpaceX. I think Tesla's is your is your the hill you continue to die on, and <laughs> you do die on it over and over. And Let's over. kill him again. <laughs> Let's kill him again. Is Let's he dead? <laughs> no, he's not dead enough. All I'm right, John Scott. Snow. I'm coming back. The Red Scott. Queen's going to bring me back to life. I hate to say it, but I'm glad you're back. I liked all my dates. I liked my dating. My, Go on. My, I liked our open marriage, but I really am glad you're back. I'm up for that. I'm seriously up for that. As long as I'm the one that gets to be open. We have a lot to do this month. We have a lot of shows. We've got PivotCon coming up and COVID. COVID have we announced Florida. that? Are we public? Are we yeah, out yeah, on whatever. That? We don't care. Um, and Miami, code, code. You have a lot of jobs at Code. You, you have a lot of jobs at Code. We have a lot going to. We have a great lineup. It's LA. still going forward. I want oh, you to be there. You're going to love there. the dog in LA. You're going to love the dog. I'm a little bit worried, honestly. I, go, I, honestly. I stay at the Beverly Hills Hotel. I wear a pink robe. <laughs> I put on big Aristotle Onassis glasses, and I just <laughs> I, wear, I I eat a Cobb salad, and I look <laughs> at strangers with a cigarette, and I go, Jackie, marry me. I make you very happy, woman. <laughs> 
People are like, Please is he talking to me? That. Is he it's, talking to me? This will be a, such an exciting Marry me, Jackie. I make you very happy, woman. Uh, Preet will be there. I, we have a lot of people Preet. coming. Preet is coming. Preet. You and he are good. Governor Barat, talk about... Yeah. I am sick of being used as a way station. Yeah, he's here for like a hot minute. <laughs> he is here for literally a hot minute. In any case, it will be really fun. Anyway, I'm glad you're back. That's the show. We'll be back on Tuesday back. for more. We've got a lot of interviews. We've got a lot of things happening. Um, and as always, you can submit a question for the show at nymag.com slash pivot. Scott, you know what? You're going to read us out. So let's go. Today's show was produced by Lara Naiman, Evan Engel, and Taylor Griffin. Thanks also to Drew Burroughs. Ernie Intertot engineered this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, or if you're an Android user, check us out on Spotify or, frankly, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Pivot from Vox Media. We'll be back next Friday for another breakdown of all things tech and business. I hate myself and I have erectile dysfunction, but I'm your dog chasing down balls and bringing them back with slobber and insight. We will see you on Tuesday. Kara, I missed you. I'm glad you are doing well. Support for the show comes from Atlassian. Whether you're exploring space, making pizza, or producing a podcast like this one here, chances are your team is marching into the AI-generated horizon. Atlassian Intelligence is unleashing a new era of teamwork. You can use Atlassian's AI-powered products for everything from brainstorming ideas to finding information to summarizing huge documents, all by using normal, everyday language. Atlassian AI-powered software like Jira and Confluence help teams accomplish what would otherwise be impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. Learn how you can transform teamwork with the power of AI at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian.